The pick is in. We are back. Undrafted Sports Podcast, episode four. It is March 22nd, 2021. We are neck deep in the NCAA tournament right now. So we have that to talk about. We also have NFL free agency, got some UFC, and then we got some other segments that we're going to quote unquote debut from CG. Anyways, let's get it started. Um, I'm Dan. We have Sean, Damon, and CG back again. Woo! Follow us at, at Undrafted Pod on all social media accounts. Subscribe and like, review, all that fun shit that nobody cares about. But we're going to get it started with the NCAA tournament. So we are now, as we record this, probably 75% of the way through the Sweet 16. Closer than that. Two games left. Almost all the way through the Sweet 16. Uh, we have some thoughts. Uh, CG, would you like to talk about any team or any scenario that has happened thus far? So, uh, the Fighting Illini. I went on record to say they were going to be the champs. I was full-blown on their wagon, and I thought it was a shoe-in. And I went on record on this podcast the greatest podcast in the world. Yes. We told you people that Fighting Illini were going to be the 2021 NCAA tournament champions, and I was completely wrong. Uh, <laughs> like, it is mind-blowing to me. When you watch that game, they made no adjustments. There was no hedging the screen. Cockburn just kept – like, the bigs did nothing. It, it's – it's so frustrating. I immediately um, knew you were going to blame Cockburn no matter what happened. <laughs> you just want to say his name so badly you were going to blame him no matter what. Well, it, it, it drives me crazy. Like, they made no adjustments. How, like, I guess, I don't know if the coach was just so arrogant that they just felt like they could just keep grinding, grinding, grinding and get through it. But clock's winding down, bro. Like, you got to do something different here. Uh, you know, speed them up a little bit. Uh, but – they didn't do anything, and props, props to uh, Loyola. Like, that's big time. And I will say this before we go on to somebody else. I think this tournament goes to show you that these big schools overpay coaches so much. Like, they want to go get this big name, and they overpay for these guys. Like, sorry, Shaka. I think you're a great coach, but they overpay you. He's 0-3 at Texas in the NCAA tournament. You go out and, you know, UCLA's doing their thing, but they overpay these big names when you can find great coaches anywhere. You look at Loyola. You look at Oral Roberts. You look at Abilene Christian. I mean, it, it's stop overpaying these guys and just hire the best guy. Stop going for the big name is all I'm trying to say. Damon, how's that bracket looking? Awful. Ditto. <laughs> Yeah, I believe I mean, I'm dead I, last in our challenge. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I think um, I even sent a text to the group after I submitted mine. I was like, "Mine's too chalk to be good," and you know, it, it's it's tough because you don't want to pick too many upsets. But you know, if you pick two of those classic twelve over fives, well, chances are two of the twelve over fives is going to hit. But is it going to be the two that you hit? So I mean, just been a really crazy tournament i mean it it is every year but anytime you have a 15 over two um i think someone had mentioned this is the most or creeping up on the most 
uh, wins by double digit seeds collectively through the first two rounds or something along those lines. So and it's only just one been, of those has been the 12, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and every single seed won a game outside of a 16 seed. So, you know, you had one through 15 all winning a game. So it's just been, I mean, it's been fun. You know, there's been a lot of um, ups and downs and, you know, upsets and big performances. So, I mean, it's been, it's been a ton of fun, but, um, but yeah, brackets, brackets not doing so hot. Sean, do you think with fans that the upset total would be as high as it is? Good angle. Uh, maybe I think the way that the NCAA does it, especially at these um, neutral sites, you get you kind of get the four corner. So each school is allotted a spot for the band, a spot for their their fans. It might be across the bench or whatever. But uh, I think more to what CG's point was is that like the, the coaching adjustments you see it with these young and a lot of these mid majors and smaller schools, they've got junior, seniors, fifth year guys that have been around the program have know how to play together and the other schools and, and Damon can attest to, you know, Kentucky and, and, and these power schools to get these freshmen that are one and done when it comes to tournament time, they're not really ready for it. I, I just feel like, um, you know, again, to CG's point with Illinois, like when you saw what was happening with Crutwig, is that his name? CG? Uh, yes. He was absolutely dominating uh, Kofi. I won't say Cockburn. Well, I just did, but um, he was absolutely dominating and, and there was no adjustment. And, when you are putting him in a pick and roll and he's not hedging or he's not showing it's money. It's, it's an open jump shot and an open gym with nobody there. Like there's no pressure. So it's so really... specifically my point is like the Abilene Christian, Texas game. So the, the kid hit two free throws at the end to go up, I think by three, is that right? Or four. So like if there's fans there and this is like, I think that's sure, somewhere one. close think... to Texas and he's got people Doing the horn oh, for sure. behind, like, does he make both of those free throws? And I'm oh. pretty sure that kid was like a 58% free throw exactly. shooter. So, you know, you got a kid who's not a good free throw shooter. Then you add in all the craziness of the fan. I mean, the pressure was there. I mean, it's March Madness. Yeah, the kid's the been dreaming about there. this the- since, I mean, he's been hitting game winners in his driveway since he was 10. But still, not like you said, not having the pressure and the the people with the little loud clappers behind it waving the uh, tubes and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, I think that definitely attributes to it somewhat. I just want to piggyback off Sean real quick with the uh, juniors and seniors take. Like this year with COVID has been such a special year. Like me and Damon were talking off air about it. Like your teams that are uh, relying on freshman heavy be like your Kentuckys and Duke, obviously they're not in the tournament. It takes it's a grind all year to go through those bumps and those bruises to get to where they need to be once the tournament starts. Well, going through, you know, COVID, being off for 10 days, two weeks, whatever, they weren't able to get in a flow and go through all that. So these teams that are junior, senior heavy playing together for a while, like Sean said, I would if I could go back and redo my bracket, I would have did a lot of research with that with these guys that have been together and these teams that, you know, play real methodical, tough defense. You know, I think that's contributes a lot to it. When you got, like you said, the junior senior heavy teams, they're not having to learn an offense. They are already experts at the offense and the game plan and the flow of the game where, you know, you got B.J. Boston for Kentucky going in there not knowing what the hell he's doing. He's just a good ball player trying to learn Coach Cal's system and and what to do in that. And, you know, 
not making excuses for any teams, but you know, we talked about it last week. First time since 19, I think 76, since Kentucky and Duke both missed it, and they've both adopted the one and done type of recruiting model when you got teams like Gonzaga, especially, you know, teams like Gonzaga who are usually very upperclassmen heavy, who, you know, currently undefeated and, you know, looking at, you know, capturing the first perfect season in a long time. Are they going to lose? Who's beating them? Uh, Alabama. That's a great question. I hope Alabama does. I just feel like they're just going to run through everybody. Like, they have so many options. It's, it's insane how many options they have on offense. I will say this. Bama showed how good they were when they struggled to sh- shoot the three ball in their first-round game against Iona. They're just they're, – they're so damn good. Against a good coach, by the way, regardless yeah. of what you think of them. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hey, uh, who is the best – available prospect during the NBA draft, like, available now. Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham. Are you talking about still in tournament or? Or was in the tournament. Cade Cunningham. 100%. He was in my my national championship. So watching him this tournament, were you turned off? No. Because I was. He's so smooth, dude. He's so smooth with the ball. He's very smooth. And I'm going to go on record. I I was kind of turned off, man. I don't he he has a good like you said smooth is the perfect word for him he, there's no emotion though like and I know that's okay but I don't know man he he turned me off I was turned off so speaking of that I, I would like to Sean would you like to go on your rant before I go on my rant or or do you want me to go first I don't have a rant I have a very um maybe controversial hot takey go ahead player comparison. I want to save myself for last um and and cg's probably not gonna like this but our man kofi cockburn uh is hashim to beat 2.0 oh no he's not even he, near as, as athletic as that <laughs> let me tell you one thing though at least Hashim to could play defense oh no this shit. dude was getting dominated by this kirk kirkwig dude he was putting him in up and unders and spins he could not get rebounds like he's seven feet tall. How is this guy? It, it reminded me, honestly, I swear to you, of Dewan Blair versus Hashim Thabit. He has no athleticism. He, I, he is nowhere near an NBA prospect. Hell no. I, Kirk, I just Kirk yeah, looks his, like star, uh, Super Troopers guy. Yes, he, he's, <laughs> he's a guy that you see. You know, he just he, he's probably from Wyoming or Idaho, and he's out here hooping on Cockburn like it's. It, it was embarrassing to watch as, as Cockburn is third team All American or whatever he was. And he just got destroyed by this kid, just destroyed by him. So Hashim Tabit is my my player comp for him. Who, and I guarantee you, he won't go number two overall, but he, he'll fizzle out of the league just like Hashim did. Shout out Evan Turner. If he goes in the first round, I, I'll be speechless. There's no way with the way the NBA is with the fucking pick and roll, he can't get out there and guard. There's no way. Yeah. I just I don't. It's size, though. I mean, we've seen it year and year and year that these guys get drafted because they're tall, they're big, they're athletic. He's not athletic. He's slow. He can he can't jump. Like, how are you getting beat and trying to defend a block? This guy's going up and under on you. He's six foot eight. Like, it's right. it was bad. Do I do I have the platform to rant? Yes. Because I'm. This is a perfect transition to what Sean just said. Okay. So full disclosure, I picked Texas Tech to go to the Final Four. First of all, because I didn't watch shit for college basketball. I don't know a fucking thing. Second of all, 
because I thought they were good defensively and that Mac McClung, this social media superstar, was going to be good, who didn't do a fucking thing down the stretch in that goddamn game. I don't understand why people like college sports so much more than pro. These offenses are Preach. awful, awful. I watched the entire second half of that Arkansas-Texas Tech game. The offense that I watched is 75% of the time, it's somebody throwing up some double pump bullshit and then somebody trying to get an offensive rebound. Like the best shots that these guys get is off offensive rebound and the kick out. I don't understand. Like none of these dudes can fucking shoot. Syracuse is in the fucking Sweet 16. Again, they barely got into the tournament because they play a 2-3 zone and no one can fucking shoot. Why do you want to watch guys throw up bricks? Like, they try harder. I understand that. But everybody wants to do the, well, college players play defense. NBA players don't play. No, motherfucker. NBA players can fucking score. College basketball players cannot score. And that goes into coaching, talent, all that shit. It's just a whole other discussion. But, like, watching Mac McClung not even – I don't even think he had a shot attempt in the second half. Like, he got erased. I think it was number four for Arkansas. Yeah, they just picked him up full court. He erased him. Like, the last possession that they had, they were down two. He couldn't even get the fucking ball. It's insane. Imagine if this was the finals and LeBron just couldn't get the ball. It just – it never fucking happens. The talent – the talent is so much higher and the the basketball is so much better. You can say what you want about the defense. People are not caring because they have money. I understand that, but – the, the level of offense is just so large that it's so difficult for me to actually sit down and watch a game and not get so frustrated as I'm portraying right now. I would say that a lot of that, and you're 100% right, but the the draw of the tournament is exactly what it is. It's you know the upsets. It's the not knowing what's it. going on. It's the brackets. It's all of that stuff. The same people that watch – unless you're just a diehard college basketball fan, you don't watch Super Tuesdays and, you know, ACC Big Ten Challengers. Like, that. I used to do that, but I, I stopped doing that a long time ago. And uh, to your point about, like, how they just erased him, we've seen it before. I mean, I think it was a national championship. No, maybe it was the round. Whatever game it was where Andrew Wiggins just got completely taken out. Four points. And he was the number one surefire first pick in the draft, and he just got completely taken away, and it's – you're able to do that in college because even with teams like Kansas and Texas Tech where they have the Division One talent, if you throw something at them, a wrinkle at them, you know, Syracuse plays that zone that nobody ever plays. So you you never get to see – prepare How do for people it. not know how to fucking break a zone? I learned how to do this when I was fucking 15. How is this possible? How does Syracuse have so much success with this when you go into a game and you know – they're going into two, three, and you just don't have the fucking shooters to beat it. It's insane to me that that's possible. I would also say insane. stop flashing big men to the top of the to be the zone breaker. Please stop. Please. Start doing twos and threes. Put your up best there. player in there. Yeah, somebody Let who him can create. create. It's yeah. so dumb. It's it's crazy to me that you can't. You just don't have the volume of shooters to beat it. Like Texas Tech, I keep going back to this game, but their coach had to put in a true freshman who shot 28% from three to create a shot. And he, he hit one off the beef. <laughs> the first three he shot, he banked in and then Arkansas banked one in and then yep. he shot another one and he fucking hit all backboard. And then he made another one, but like their coach had to do something because they just could not create a single good shot on the offensive end. It was so painful to watch. 
so painful. And that's the double-edged sword with Syracuse. Like their zone is good for this kind of environment, but once they run into a team that knows how to play against it and they can shoot, it wears them out. That's why they've been to – They've won one national championship and they had Carmelo. Like I mean, Alabama would route them. Yeah. Like route them. But that's why they're such a tough matchup for most teams because they just can't handle that for some odd reason. But teams run their best stuff against man to man. They don't really work on zone because it's different. But uh the only thing I will say that I disagree with with the the overall majority, the 85, 90% of college basketball teams, that might be a little too high. You know, the basketball, like you were saying about the offense, but if you watch freaking Loyola or Roberts, Ohio, their offenses are amazing. Gonzaga's, like, their offenses are awesome. Creighton's is pretty good, too. Yeah, there's a select few. Mark few, select few. See what I did there? Um, <laughs> and this, a lot of them have enough talent to be able to to produce points, but – a lot of these teams just – if you're not going to be able to produce offense, you're just not going to be able to win. Like, you have to score. And I thought Cade Cunningham was going to be that guy. And, you know – Same just, thing, though. Oregon State threw that zone at them. Right. And exactly. they kind of they, – they don't prepare for it's it. It's like Coaches, it shocks you. Like it they goes just, back to CG's point of being able to adjust, especially – and I'll go back to it because I watched and bet on Illinois. And in that first half, he's like, okay – getting back in it, chipping away, chipping away. But there was no adjustment after after halftime. The same offense was being run, and they could not adjust. They they didn't bring anybody in to try to change it up. It just ran. Uh, he, I guess they thought they were just going to catch up to them. You know, granted, their best players didn't play that well, but when you have the same game plan that doesn't work in the first half and you try it in the second half, that's not going to win basketball games. Yeah, that was all I had. I, I just wanted to get that out because watching that game was so infuriating to me to just have to sit there and watch like someone not score for six minutes is just the worst thing of all time. But I do watch a lot of NBA, so maybe I'm just biased. But that's my that was my takeaway. Hey, Damon, tell us about your uh, underdog bet strategy this weekend. To my strategy, I uh, I missed. Thursday morning, I forgot about it, and then I got off work and I remembered it. But uh, my plan was to bet every plus two hundred dog. Just put five bucks, a little five dollars, on every plus two hundred dog. Um, of course, you got the early Thursday games that hit that I missed, so that kind of sucked. So I was like, okay, we're fine. It's still March, and so uh, started that trend. Put five bucks on every Thursday night and Friday dog. Um, shit the bed. <laughs> I miss I, I I missed the wave, and so Saturday. Um, well, no, I guess it was I guess it was Friday and Saturday that I did it because then I was like, "F it." Baylor, Illinois, easy, easy parlay, and of course, missed the boat again. So, if you need someone to bet against, bet against me because I will be wrong. Make your picks public. Yeah, start sending them out. Yeah, I'm just going to start a Twitter called Bet Hashtag the Dog. Hashtag Fade D Bailey. I'll be the hashtag. Fade your friends. I would say something to keep track of for next year and maybe further on. Smaller schools that play bigger schools in the same state. Yeah. They, I wanted they to pick Abilene Christian mentality. so badly because of that. Man, I got, I got, I got, uh, Texas didn't give me an offer. 
Yeah. All those dudes. Yeah. They're uh, same thing with Illinois, Chicago and yeah. Something to keep track on. All right. Uh, we will roll right into NFL free agency. My team, the New Orleans Saints, hasn't done a fucking thing. So I would like to throw <laughs> this to Damon. Would you like to comment on the your crosstown or well not crosstown, but cross division rival New York Giants good slash bad additions? Yeah. Um some of the things were very head scratching. Um, the Dory Jackson thing, I, I mean, he got cut from a team that just made the playoffs, originally drafted him, only had to pay him $10 million, and they're going to turn around and give him a three-year, $39 million contract. Um, I saw it on Twitter. I forget. I think it was Bill Barnwell, but somebody's wrong because if the Titans cut him for $10 million and he's actually like an average starter, like you shouldn't have cut him. And they did cut Malcolm D- Butler, correct? Yeah, they got rid of both of them. Got and Vicaro, right? Yes. Hmm? That's but all yeah. over them motherfuckers. But, yeah, I mean, but I tell you, I'm not thrilled that they got Kenny G. I think they paid him way too much money, but um, that's not something I'm looking forward to. Sucks that Daniel Jones is still throwing in the football, but. For now. For now. What's their yeah. pick? What's their pick? What pick do they have in this draft? 11. Look at that. Beautiful. I love it. You're in draft mode right now. <laughs> draft mode, baby. I love it's it. my draft. season. Draft mode D. Uh, so Sean, would with... you like to comment on Joe Haig? Uh, I got another one I want to comment on my team, asshole. Well, John but... Ledyard said Joe Haig sucks. So I don't know if you saw that, but he he's stinks. Backup offensive lineman. Why is he tweeting about Joe Haig? <laughs> Who gives a fuck? <laughs> um, but what I will say, sticking with what uh, Damon said with a former Tennessee outcast getting paid. The Jets gave Corey Davis $37.5 million. Shout out. Why? Why? Near the worst contract given out by to a water receiver. I just, Are you going on record? Me or Damon? Going on record that given Nelson Aguilar, whatever the hell he got, was worse than what Corey Davis got? Yes. That's your boy, Mike Mayock. No, Mike Mayock is an idiot. <laughs> okay. Burn, burn Hold on. Hold on. Sorry, I know I've kind of done the first one. I'll like the bridge on fire with you, Damon. <laughs> the Vegas coming Raiders. On, Damon. Burn him. Burn him the to the Vegas ground. The Vegas Raiders. Russell Wilson has 31 teams. He could have said, hey, look, I don't want to trade, but if I'm going to get traded, here's the teams I would like to go to. Russell Wilson, very good quarterback taking a lot of sacks so the teams he put out there i forget i forget his four dan y'all were one of them right it was it was the saints, saints cowboys bears, raiders cowboys bears raiders, okay yeah. what do they all have in common they all have good offensive lines so the raiders saw that and said oh russell wilson you want to come here we're going to trade our starting center our starting left guard <laughs> we're going to trade our right tackle and we're just getting our rid of center fucking offensive line. like the one of the best well-known guys in the fucking league. You're just gonna I, cut I sent him. the I sent the the, the the tweet in the group. He's given up ten sacks in ten seasons. One sack a season, and they cut That's it. Incredible to save how much? How much did they save? Like four no, million dollars him. or something. They ended up. They did. Him. They but they cut him first. Yeah. Right. And they, well, that report was that they were going to cut him, and then I guess they oh. didn't meet the deadline because they Y'all realized they, they were him. fucking. But, you know who they traded him to? 
The Seahawks. Wait, hold on. Y'all talk because <laughs> I'm pretty Russ. sure they lost cap on that. Like they okay, didn't well, gain two million. I'm pretty sure they lost cap. You know on what that. they really Yo- lost cap on? It's ju- paying John Gruden a hundred million fucking dollars. <laughs> Jesus. And what I don't know what Mike Mayock's getting paid, but let's, it's let's just also, as bad. Let's not let's not forget that they signed Martavius Bryant and Antonio Brown. Traded. Thanks for the third round pick, Deontay they Johnson. Gave, so they gave. Was that really the pick that they gave you yeah. for that? So we traded AB and we got a third round pick that was Deontay Johnson and then okay. a fifth round pick, which was uh, Zach Gentry, the tight end. But before that, the year before was Martavis Bryant. That was a third round pick that was either it's James Washington or Mason Rudolph. It was one of those two. But thank you, Mike Mayock, for both. So you got two thirds and a fifth for those dudes? Yeah, one third and one fifth for AB and one third for Martavis. Which and neither is of those guys play for their team. No. And Antonio Brown has a championship ring. With a different team. Shout um, out. But speaking of Steeler wide receivers, uh, very happy that Juju is back. Uh, one year, $8 million yeah. deal. A lot of Steeler Twitter, which is the fucking worst, is mad because they could have used that to sign, you know, a third or fourth string linebacker or cornerback. It's just stupid. You're bringing in <laughs> Ben's, you know, go-to guy, somebody he feels comfortable with, somebody he trusts. For eight million dollars a year for one more year to run it back with the offense. But you could bring just, LJ Four back. I know he's actually got the Ravens paid that dude. I don't know why, but they did. I thought they I thought they released him or like said that they're not gonna bring him back. Oh, did I missed they that him? they did. Uh last year I thought they paid him last year. They might have cut him this year. I don't know. I think they cut him. Okay, yeah, bring him back. Sure. Come we on back, Williams. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> so we do need help on defense for sure we need backups on defense but to not want to bring juju back for eight million dollars is stupid like yeah, yes super stupid. please bring him Agreed. back please CG, bring him back hey props I'm to, to, juju to you on shit, the Packers. Dude. all right what's up so aaron jones is back we already talked about yes. that yes right? yes okay. give me a top five of people you wanted that you didn't get that would never have ever happened but in your brain was made sense so guys that I would like you love. knew you wanted Kenny Galladay so badly. Like you were less like, yeah, just give him 20 million. I don't care if the cap says it, just give it to him. All right. So top five that <laughs> I still want. Yep, so do it. Ste- Stefan Gilmore. I heard yep. he's on the trade block. That's number one. Do it. Yep. Um number two, Kenny Galladay. Fuck it. Uh number three. Um, hey, let's throw in Joe Funny. About that guy, he got I paid a lot of money. It, but sure, yep. yeah. That's <laughs> number four. That's oh, enough. Williams. You did. You did. Good. Yeah, you did, did, you did great. That was good. Can but I get Nick? Can I get Nick DeBosa? Is that possible? You could. You could get a guy <laughs> who doesn't play sixteen games ever. But I mean, it's up to you if you want that. Uh, but best thing about that is you have a guy on your team who could play every position on the offensive line. Where did he go to college? Hell State. Oh. Sean, you didn't get that one, did you? You didn't get that trivia question, bitch, did you? You put Colin on the spot for five minutes to try to figure out top five just so you can get back to Elkton Jenkins? That's what we call a long con. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Amazing host job, man. Da- Damon, um, I just want you to talk about Keanu Neal for 30 seconds. Hey. 25. I, I love the <laughs> love the signing. 
a lot of people are thinking he's going to be starting at safety and then uh, making a little transition to nickel linebacker to get Jalen's non-covering ass off the field. A lot of speculation he might get cut to save about $7 million, but he's still on the team, so that's fine, whatever. But, yeah, he's good. I like that signing. Low risk. It's not actually $5 million, It's closer to three. But then bringing in Malik Hooker, and DeMonte KZ, so actually putting some resources into the safety position this year, which is vastly different than what they've done for the past, I don't know, 15 years since Roy Williams was relevant. So Dan Quinn's just bringing in his homes, his homeboys? Yep, for uh, like 31st-ranked defense, so there's that. Dan, where'd DeMonte KZ go to school? Purdue. What's wrong, bro? What is it? San Diego State, homie. I mean, I didn't say Purdue. I had to. <laughs> the first thing that popped in my head, and that's the first thing that came to my head. So, no slander. I don't want any slander on the college picks. Anything else on free agency? Anybody want to talk about? Uh, should I talk about the Saints? I should probably sure. talk about the Saints, right? So, we talked about Taysom's stupid cap number last week, which was hilarious. Signed James to a one-year deal. Damon, before I continue, do you want us to fail? With Jameis? Yes. I mean, can your defense Say it with really... your chest. Yeah, <laughs> can your defense yes. be really good? <laughs> that's basically a yes. So, Jameis is going to be the starter. Taysom can have whatever thoughts he wants, but Jameis is going to be the starter. I'm happy for Mike Thomas because if he has anybody in the fucking world to give him more targets than Drew Brees did, it's Jameis Winston because he targeted Mike Evans more than anybody on the fucking planet for however many years he was there, what, just three years there together. So that's good. Um, I'm happy that Jameis will get a full training camp as a quote-unquote starter. I think our defense will be good. However, I'm concerned about the opposite corner outside of Marshawn because we're going to extend him. Uh, no more Jackrabbit. So there's been talk of Richard Sherman. Who knows what's going to happen there. But if Ken Crawley's starting on the cross from him, big fucking yikes, that is. Or P.J. Williams. Either fucking one is bad. Um, the same boat as us right now. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Sheldon Rankin's got paid by the Jets. Good for him. He's going to suck. He's not going to play 16 games, so that sucks for you. I hope you're ready to put a guy on PUP or – IR after week four because he's going to break his fibula for the fucking seventh time or whatever. I burned a British Sheldon Rankins. I don't care. I don't fucking care. <laughs> Fuck Joe Douglas. <laughs> Fuck all those dudes. I don't give a shit. He's way up north. He's so far away from me. He'll never fucking find me. Fuck Sheldon Rankins. I'm going to tag him in the post. Tag him. I don't give a shit. He doesn't fucking tweet ever. He doesn't give a shit about Twitter. Damon. How upset were you that Marcus Williams was not available for the Cowboys to give uh, five for 80? We wouldn't have done that because we haven't done that in 10 years since Brandon Carr. But, yeah, that – I mean, the free the, – the safety class went from, oh, man, there's a lot of guys out there, but Marcus Williams got tagged, Justin Sims got tagged and then got paid. Marcus May, go Gators, got tagged. So, you had a lot of top-end free safeties that – quickly got off the market and you know smart choices by their teams to retain them but yeah i thought that was yeah it was is he good 
PFF loves that. Dude. <laughs> they fucking do. They, they really love do. that dude. He might be the best free safety in football, according to PFF. So yeah. Hey Sean, why is that team in Nashville trying to sign all y'all's boys? Just How do you like feel about Bud getting 16 and a half, wasn't it? 16 and a half, I think. I never saw the final numbers. It said over 16 and a half. And I know he signed his contract, but I never saw what the full number or amount of years. They are before. the most desperate team for an edge rusher in the history of football. That's true. What do they give year. up for Clowney? Every year. I mean, it's just like they're obsessed. Big Beasley, exactly. They're obsessed with Harold Landry in the draft. They they cannot find an address to save their fucking lives. It's insane. Uh, My fear was that when Bud got paid, he was going to revert back to 2015, 16, 17, but before TJ got there and he started to ball out. So uh, I hope that happens for them. You know, I don't want him to do well. I don't want them to do well, but – you know, we'll see what happens. He's he played really well the last two years. He deserves to get paid, and um, I'm glad we will get a comp pick out of it. All right. Well, that will do it for our NFL free agency. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna talk about UFC uh, recap and preview. So we'll take a break, and we'll be back shortly. And we're back. And you know who else is back? The Houston Rockets in the win column. That is correct. They just notched their first win since uh, February 4th, which, if you were wondering, is a longer winless drought than uh, the Tampa Buccaneers. The Tampa Buccaneers actually have a win more recently than the Houston <laughs> Rockets. The only difference is the Rockets have played 20 games since that point, and the Buccaneers have played one. John Wall, triple-double. Don't worry about it. And who else you shouldn't worry about? This past UFC card, because I lost my ass, as did, I think, a few others in this group. So, we'll go ahead and Kick it to Dan. Let him start us off with his first thoughts on his most recent UFC card between Holland and Brunson. That was beautiful. Thank you for that intro. My first thought is Montel Jackson knockout. Second second fight of the night. Didn't watch it at all, but I'm reading here. Knockout at 158 in the first round. Montel Jackson. (laughs) And I'm just going to say that he one-hit-a-quittered him. I don't care what actually happened because I didn't watch it. Still haven't seen it. But he destroyed him, and Montel Jackson is a rising star. Any debates on that? Okay, and we will go to Grant Dawson. A lot of talk on the broadcast that Grant Dawson was losing. He was not losing based on the scorecard that we saw after the fact. But those fucking hammer fists and the, what, 14, 14th minute of the fight was nutso, CG. That is why this sport is my favorite right now, is anything can happen at any second. And with two seconds left on the clock, everybody, you know, majority – Thought he might have lost the fight if it went to the scorecards. And he came out looking for the knockout, and he got it with two seconds left on the clock from a position that rarely, rarely. Ever ha- ever, especially in the third round, ever happens. I mean, that was amazing, man. That was so awesome. That was incredible. And it, he he hit him five times, knocked his damn mouthpiece. That was awesome, man. You couldn't yeah. write you couldn't write shit any better than Leonardo that. Santos hasn't lost a fight since two thousand nine. That was his first loss in 12 years. And he looked I mean, good. He Grant did. Dawson, Grant Dawson's good. Up a weight class, good. too, by the way. Dude, that was that was sick. So sick. I think we can go ahead and 
move on to Adrian Yanez. Sean, how'd you feel about Adrian Yanez's performance? Uh, like you, I did not watch it, but he looked good. She looked good. I have no idea. I didn't watch it. Damon, how'd you feel about Adrian Yanez's performance? Oh, that was the Giannis Lopez fight, right? Yeah. Giannis, however you say his name, if I didn't say that right, fuck you. <laughs> Should both. we go on to the fucking preview of the next? No, game? no, no, no. That it was. I mean, it was a clinic. He, he was much faster, crisper. I mean, it just. I mean, it was a good fight. I obviously don't know as much as you guys on it, but um, you know, just watching the fight, I followed. Be confident. Con bet on. Yeah, I bet on the dog, and. It, he he got ran through. I mean, he stood his ground and did his thing, but you know, Giannis, you could tell he was just a far superior boxer, was much calmer too. That was speaking of betting on the most. dog, how how did Griffin versus Song go for you? Not well. Mm-hmm. Uh CG Brunson Holland. I mean, do we do I have to rant on this? Like yes. We have to fill an hour, so yes. Bring I it. Mean, I mean, <laughs> I'll fight you on it. I mean, I'm so, I'm so torn on Kevin Holland because I love the antics. I love him talking to Habib or when DC's there talking to DC, like getting coaching. And he is very talented, but like he talks about winning a championship. Like you can't act like that. Well, you got to pick and choose. Like talking to your opponent is, I love it. Like. I, but it's a give and take. I think his biggest change that he has to make is getting rid of the yes men that he have in his corner. They they got to get in his head. Like stop getting taken down. Stop being okay, being on your back, being comfortable. Like get the fuck up. But if he could have just got up two or three times throughout the fight, Brunson was so tired, and then he he wouldn't have been able to do it anymore. Yeah, I, it feels like Colin calls the shots. And it just, it just, yeah, exactly. There's just so many yes men. And it's so, it's, he's got to try to, that's who he is. Like, I want him to be who he is. That's what makes him a great fighter. But he's got to pick and choose. If he, if he wants to be a champion, like he says it, like, he's got to figure out the way to find the, the happy median of the talking shit and being like serious, you know? I'm with you. So I, I feel, I feel like he he wants to keep it loose. That's obviously what he's going for. But at the same time, like if you if you like you said, if you want to be a champion, like he says he he wants to be a champion, you have to eventually take this shit serious. So if you're loose for two rounds and you finish a dude, fine. I understand that. You're conserving your energy, yada yada yada. You're a good striker. We get it. But if you're still doing this shit in the fifth round of a fight that you are clearly down on the scorecards and you continuously do it, then we're kind of thinking like, okay, like where is your actual motive? You know what I'm saying? Like where, where are you, what are you really trying to get to? What is your ultimate goal? So now he's talking about dropping down to 170 because he got wrestled. So it's like you got wrestled by Brandon Allen and you've got wrestled by Derek Brunson. So if you wrestle by both those dudes, you ain't ever fucking sniffing a 185 title. Darren Stewart too wrestled his ass. Yeah, the Uh-oh. dentist. Shout out, Sean. Thank you. So do we feel like his thing is like he's more worried about his gimmick and his shtick than he is about fighting? Because that's been his thing forever. And I was gonna reference the Darren Stewart fight. Like it was the same kind of thing. After the fight, he was kind of 
apoplectic about, hey, did I win? Did I? He didn't really care. Shrugged his shoulders. He was very whatever about it. And, you know, that I think if I remember correctly, that was a split. Damn, um, spell that word that Sean just said. S-P-L-I-T. Nailed it. Done. But it just seems like he's very immature about it, and he's he's more about the shtick, which you know isn't going to ever produce a championship that way. Which honestly, I don't know if it's a gimmick or a shtick. Like, I just think that's who he is. I yeah. Agree. Can I be I, a little possibly hot takey? I mean, be more I, hot takey than you think you're going to be. Go. <laughs> I get he's doing it in the ring, which is a completely different beast, but. Do you think any of it, like, yeah, that's his personality. He's a goofball. I think part of the reason why I love Kevin Holland is I feel like that's how it would be. But part of that, do you not see some of the antics and some of the the personality from someone like a, don't hate me, Colin, a Conor McGregor type where he's, you know, part of this is, you know, he's in the entertainment business. So is part of this just, his natural goofy personality and if he does ever start to climb the the chain now he has his thing well that's the thing is you say he's he's in the entertainment business and that the talking is entertainment but as a fan when you're watching it and it goes on for four rounds five rounds and he's not doing shit with it he's just laying on his back talking shit you're like what is this dude doing like get up like after a while like watching the fight it's like okay dude like this is old. I understand you're talking to him. That was cool the first two rounds. Like, all right, now let's like get up and like win the fight. Like, what are you doing? And but, before before anybody else goes, I just want to give I don't like Derek Brunson, but I give him props for not buying into the game. And he took out another prospect. He was looking as a gatekeeper. He took out Shabazian, who was counted out by me and a lot of other people. And he was counted out by Holland by me and a lot of other people. And Props to him. He deserves a, you know, he was one of those guys to step up and take on these young up up and coming prospects as a gatekeeper. He deserves a top five guy. You gotta give him a big fight. You have to. Yep, he he deserves it. Go ahead, Sean. Sean. Uh, I was just gonna say, like to Damon's point, like those guys. I mean, Connor might talk in the ring. Derek Lewis is another. He's kind of animated and jokeful and play, but it's all pre-fight, post-fight. When they get in there, it's not. The antics aren't what he. I mean, he's kind of. That's what I'm saying. If that's his personality and it's not a shtick that that's his, that's who he is. He's not going to win. Like he has to be more serious when he gets in there. There's, you know, it's fun to be goofy and, and have fun. And, and it draws people to him because he's funny and goofy and he doesn't really care. But at some point he's going to end up being just a, a fighter who just is drawn because he's a talker and not a winner. And at some point he has to figure that out and say, all right, when I get in here, enough's enough because he didn't look great against Darren Stewart. He, I didn't watch the fight, but apparently he got taken down with ease against Brunson. So how, how are you expecting to win titles if you're losing the or almost losing the guys of that caliber? It would be one thing if you talk all that shit and could stop a takedown, but he's clearly shown that he just cannot not go to the ground. Like he just continuously gets taken down. He doesn't care. He has a high guard, so, like, he's always throwing up triangles and arm bars and everything. But, like, he's clearly shown that he just doesn't care to go to his back. So, like, you're either in one lane or you're out. So, are you going to, like, ride that lane and just be a guy? Or are you just going to 
stop the takedown and use your striking, which obviously is your best tactic, and win, or are you just going to get wrestled and talk a lot of shit and lose like you just did to Brunson? So, like, at some point, you like, the metal meets the road. You have to figure out what lane you're going to go down. Did he land any good shots on him? Punch? Like, did he connect with punches he or did. kicks? A couple yeah. times. Second round, he had him wobbled. I thought he was going to finish him. Yeah. But shout out to everybody. Ad- advice. Do not ever, ever lay chalk on Kevin Highland until he makes some changes. Don't bet on that dude. Don't do it. I will. I'll do it again. <laughs> Don't do it. I'll take your bet. How about that? <laughs> there you go. Who's going to get next? The law? Bring it. Bring it. Do you feel good about that? I feel good. If so I think two people in down. here feel good about that. Yeah. You can't be stop the same a takedown. It'd be the same. Story. I don't feel good about that. Bilal would fucking he would eat him. Does he get the takedown? Yes. Are you sure? Hundred percent positive. If he doesn't get the takedown, he's getting fucking stroked. I don't agree. What do you mean you don't agree? His his striking isn't like pretty straightforward. His his strike is not great. It's unorthodox. It's not like it's fucking crazy. It looks good against Derek Brunson. And That's good, good against pounds up. And it looks good against uh whatchamacallit who had the Awesome fucking spinning heel kick. Like, yeah, cool. Buckley. Yeah, if, he can, if he can <laughs> make 170 and he fights Bilal and Bilal can take him down, Bilal gets knocked the fuck out. He does not last. Bilal doesn't rounds. get knocked out. Okay. John I mean, Neal, Jeff Neal could knock him out. We say it now. I'm, I'm telling you right now that he's going to get knocked out if he doesn't get a take now. That's a hot take, folks. Okay. Hot take me. I don't give a shit. At me. <laughs> Hold on. Speaking of at me, I this is our fourth episode. On the the three episodes we've done, I have given a wrong at for my Twitter all three times. So I'm just going to continuously <laughs> give an, a wrong at. So at me at d underscore a n mckee o nine. I'm going to continuously give a wrong at until you get it right. Until you get it right, if whoever gets it right, I will like it. I will retweet it. But until you get it right, you're talking into a fucking void. So, at me, bitch. <laughs> Sounds good. Speaking of that, Stipe Miocic and Francis Ngannou are fighting for the second time. The and biggest, baddest rematch. Five days now? Probably three or four by the time you listen to this. Obviously, Ortega, or, or, uh, Ortega and Volkanovski's off. That sucks. Especially how good um, Ortega looked in the last fight was striking. It was going to be a hell of a show. But we still got Stipe Francis as it is right now. From what I'm looking at, Francis is a minus 125 favorite. Sean, can you confirm these? I can. Uh, right now, Francis Ngannou minus 125 and Stipe Miocic plus 105. And I would like to throw it to you again and ask you how you feel about those odds and what you will be taking on Saturday night. So a very good friend of mine has this rule on, on UFC that underdog champions, you, you lay the house down. So if this number continues plus money on a champ who's already beat this guy, 
I would take it. I mean, let me pose this problem. What if the lines swap and Francis is plus 110 and Bay is minus 130? Well, then another very good friend of mine has this method where God damn it. You bet. No, no, not, not him. You bet on the guy at the want. plus money. No, not sure. Shut up and let me talk. You bet on the guy that you want to lose so that you get a win no matter what. Did you just claim yourself as a very good friend of yours? <laughs> I'm my best friend. <laughs> my best friend. That's the most de- depressing part of this podcast. Which hey, is if you can't be best friends with yourselves, then wh- who can point. you be friends with? That's a good point. CG, what you laying your hay down on? Uh, Stipe. But I think Francis is going to He doesn't win. want to. <laughs> you can tell in his voice he doesn't want to. Damon, do you have the same take? <laughs> I think Francis, yeah, Francis is going to win. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm, I'm right, go- me versus I'm pulling, the world. I'm pulling me for versus Stipe. the world. Her vodka. Her motherfucking vodka, bitch. Wait, why'd you I'm say done. me versus the world? Because there's three people in here that want that think Francis are going to win, and there's one person here that thinks Tipe is going to win. One. Uno. That thinks or wants. How do you say one in Croatian? You're mm. screaming her vodka. You should know that. God is there. It's fair. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. I'm sorry. I'm only a fourth. Actually, I'm a 16th. That's neither here nor there. I'm rolling Stipe. I think it's so going to be the same fight. So you think he's going to win and time. you want him to win? I think it's the same fight as last time. Which is can understandable. He, can, he, can he take the shot? He's going to get punched in the face. Just like I told you with Bilal, he's going to get punched in the face. How is he going to handle it? If he gets poked in the eye, obviously, who fucking knows? But if he can walk through the first round and get stroked, Overeem, can, Overeem is still in the fucking shadow realm from that fight. But nice. can he walk through it? Can he walk through it and get to the fucking beginning of the second round where he can use his wrestling, use his dirty boxing, clinch, all that shit? You, ju- you just got to get there. Like, no one's beating Francis Ngannou in the first round. You're just not going to do it. Point blank fucking period. You're not going to beat Francis Ngannou in the first round. If he does it, hand up. I was wrong. Would love to say I was wrong, but you're just not going to do it. You got to walk through that shit, and you got to fucking go to a place that none of us have ever even remotely come close to being in their lives. So I think I think Steve Bay gets it done. I do. He's beat DC twice. And he's beat Francis already. So what gives me the right to tell him, tell him that he's not going to do it again? He is levels and levels ahead of him as far as an MMA fighter. 100%. And, but the power is the – like that Which power is, is the, like a fucking death punch. Like, like McKee, he just broke it down for you. I mean, it's just – that is – that's the thing. That's the story of the fight. Can he handle the, the power for the first round? And can he utilize his wrestling and make it dirty throughout the fight? And if he does let that, me pose, that, let me pose it. this question. So, right now, as I'm looking, Francis is minus 125. Is that pretty close to accurate? That's what I yeah. feel. So, if he gets to round two and they're both on their feet and 
they ring the bell, what's the odds? It depends on how good Francis looked in that first round. Because if he comes out very stagnant, Francis like is going to just—he's going to look better than CP in the first round. That's just a fact. It's Are we sure? Because yes, the time he fought Derek Lewis, he was very hesitant. The time he fought well, Stipe, Derek Lewis he was is very the scariest hesitant. fighter in UFC history, so it's oh understandable. I think I think Vegas would be smart with it because they know how the first fight went. So I think it'd be around the same odds. Really, I think Steve pays plus money easily. Well, yeah, but it, he started off plus money. I'm saying it's going to be around the same. But if he's if he's standing in the, at the beginning of the second round, in your head you're like, Stipe's going to win. Like the longer this fight goes, the more chance Stipe has to win. Correct. One hundred percent. Yes, but again, it depends on how if Francis is throwing. Like I assume that Francis is going to come out guns blazing. He's going to want to try to make a point, prove a message, uh, to say, "Hey, look." Those other those losses were flukes. I'm back. I found myself. You know, he did that against Rosenstrike. Like that's what his plan is going to be. If Stipe weathers that storm, like you very accurately pointed out, I think Stipe, as it goes into the second and third round, Francis will get tired. Francis will get aggravated with how Stipe is going for takedown, dirty boxing, pulling him down, like doing that kind of stuff. And the longer he goes, the less likely he's going to get it is that he's going to get knocked out because, like you said, he's going to if he can walk through those first couple when when Francis is fresh and ready to go, then he should win by decision like he did the first time. So you, you think that it's safe that if Francis doesn't win by first-round knockout, that Stipe is probably going to win by decision? I'd probably push it to, like, the second round. I'll give Francis two rounds to try to finish him, and then after that, Stipe probably – if Stipe probably will win one of those two rounds anyway because Francis will have probably missed. Francis okay. will probably not. If Stipe is plus money at the beginning of the second round and they're both still conscious – Bet the fucking house on Stipe. <laughs> the house. The house and home. And your kids. All of it. The whole fucking thing. For sure. That's my take. Damon, can you have anything to add? Francis is a scare dude. Would you like to comment on Luke A and Woodley? Yeah. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I, I, I hope Luke, Luke rearranges that dude's face. He's plus he 210, so Vegas in. thinks that he's going to. Bet the dogs, Damon. Good. Bet the dogs. Yeah, that, that might be a mood method right there on betting against who you hope. No, fuck that. I'm betting Luke parlaying <laughs> him with somebody. I don't know. O'Malley, on let's O'Malley. go. Yeah. Get a little O'Malley, Luke If O'Malley Parlay. loses, if he loses Thomas Almeida, I'll be – as close to shocked as I can be to shocked. I don't think Almeida has anything to give him Mally trouble. Nothing. That was that's a fucking meat. Is it a layup, ball. as the kids a, say? That's a layup. That's a meat fucking meatball down the fucking pipe. Only minus three twenty. So you heard it here, Vicente Luque, Sean O'Malley, Parlay. What is that right now? If you parlay both of those guys, what is the odds that you would get on that? Uh, I'm not on that site that will tell me, but minus 320 and minus 260, so not great. Minus 130, maybe? You're looking at 40. Decent odds. Damon whispered he wants to throw Nganu in there, so I just wanted to be pointed out. I heard it. What? Our listeners heard it. It's recorded. How dare you? I'm not here for the Steve Amiocha slander. Not here for it. Not going to accept it. 
Same way I didn't accept the David Grant slander. That paid off. Thank you. Here's hoping he wins, but I'm not going to be shocked if he loses. Minus 120. I like it. I will be, I think I already said it, but I will be as close to shocked if Woodley pulls off that win. Mm-hmm. Luke A trains with Burns. He knows what he's going to see. I mean, unless Woodley uses his wrestling or comes out with some kind of fucking jab and pressure that we haven't seen before, he's not winning. Or some offensive wrestling that he's never done before. Something that he hasn't done in, in what, fucking four years, five years by now? <laughs> it's going to be great when he gets knocked out and he gets cut from the UFC. It's going to be awesome. Yikes. Oh, we know Best that's weight of all time. He told you. Stop How dare that. you say something like that? Okay. Like a better rapper than fighter now. He hasn't won a single fight since he came out with his single. Beat your ass. I'm all beat your ass. Hey, Tyron, if you want to sponsor this podcast, we will accept. Thank you very much. We'll let your song be the intro. We will. We'll do whatever you like us to do. Shout out, Woodley. And we'll make CG read every ad read that we have. Damon will feed you a country crock butter sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) With tuna fish and Morton salt. And Sargento cheese. Sounds delicious. Okay, uh, we're going to go to one more break, and then we will come back to, I would say, more or less the first CG Would You Rather segment. Since the first one was a little bit of a tease, this is going to be a full-blown Which Would You Rather CG-led segment. I can understand if you guys don't want to listen to it, you can fast-forward. Of just to keep hitting that 15 second button if you need to. If not, we're here. We'll be back. All right, we're back from our second break. And we are going to throw it to our segment of the night, CG's Which Would You Rather. But before that, we have a new ad read, a new sponsor, sponsoring oh. CG's segment. And Damon is going to tell us about Gillette. Gillette, as they say, it's the best a man can get. If you want your face to feel like a baby's bottom, use Gillette. That's what I do. You probably couldn't tell, but I grow a mean, grizzly beard. Do you see any grizzly beard? No, you don't. If you're not watching, then of course you don't because you can't see me. But Gillette is such a smooth shave. You know, you get those nicks and cuts and pulls from other blades. Not with Gillette. And to top it off, not only are their blades fantastic, but they have a cooling, smooth cream that just, I mean, it feels like you're putting a cloud on your face. And then the the blades just glide over your skin as if, you know, there's no razors attached. You're just pulling the the shampoo and the, the shaving cream off. Gillette, if you haven't picked your razor, if you're going back forth between these other brands, one and done. That was way more well done than I expected, and that was a huge buzzkill to what I thought it was going to be. So shout out to you. Great ad read. Thank you. That was great. All right, uh, we're now going to throw it to CG. Who would you rather? Which would you rather? Dun, dun, dun. All right, we're going to start off with Sean here. Oh, boy. Sean, I'm going to test your fanhood here. 
Which would you rather? You can only watch every other Steeler game. So basically, you get to watch eight Steeler games a year. Or to watch every Steeler game, you have to, before, you have to get Stone Cold Stunnered. <laughs> By who? Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay. Obviously. They'll take a last ride from The Undertaker through a hell in a cell. Get the mandible claw for one minute, but the sock has been worn for two weeks. This is amazing. Fourth, take a rock bottom off the Titan Tron. Oh my God. And then when you get up from the rock bottom, you get RKO'd by Randy Orton. Before every game. Before every game to watch it. So you either get to watch every other. Steeler game, or you have to go through all that. All of that, or I'm supposed to pick which one of those. No, you have to every single one of those you have to do before every game, or you watch eight games unscathed. Oh my goodness gracious! Uh, This is just pure content. So wait, hold on, hold on. You are a fucking machine, bro. CG. So playoff times. Can he watch the wild card? And if you watch his wild card, every other game, bro, every other game. I mean, I'm going to watch every Steeler game. So I'm going to have to go through the punishment of getting stone cold stunnered and last ride it off the hell in a cell. And the the sock is the one I I would least want to do. I don't want the two week old sock in my mouth. The most realistic one is what you're saying. Um, I would, you know, hopefully maybe stone cold will be like, Hey, Let's watch some Steeler football and have some Steve Weisers in the back after you recover from your broken neck. But yeah, I would for sure watch every Steeler game and have to go through all that. I would trust the professional wrestlers to to take care of me and not not kill me. So while I was coming up with this list, I envisioned you <laughs> getting torture racked by Lex Luger, and I could not stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. All right, yeah, David. I, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was say, I've been in uh, the walls of Jericho before from an untrained professional, and it hurt. So I would hope that the professional wrestlers would take care of me. Was it Ryan Hall, the wizard? No. No. All right, so you, heard, you heard it here, folks. Sean is willing to go through all of that to watch his Steelers play. All right, Damon. Subject to change when Roethlisberger retires. Fair. So, That's fair. So, Damon, to give the people a little background, Damon is obsessed with the NFL draft, and he is obsessed with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm choosing the NFL. Oh, so both <laughs> true. Both true. So, I'm going to put Damon in a little pickle here. Damon, which would you rather sit in on every NFL draft war room? of the Dallas Cowboys for the rest of your life, but they never win a Super Bowl. Oh. Or oh. the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl. You know they're going to win, but you can't watch it. Golly. I knew this was coming when he said that. This is an impossible question. You are amazing. So- First of all, if I'm in the war room, we're winning a Super Bowl because 
I'm, I'm taking over the picks, and we're going to drive just fine. That is, that is a pretty incredible – shut up. That is a pretty incredible <laughs> question. Um, I think it's a little bit easier because being in the war room, that would be absolutely incredible. But, you know, I could still watch the draft from home and, you know, I don't know, hang friends. out with my buddies, have a, have a, have a couple brewskis. Um, and the Super Bowl, yeah, it would suck them not not being able to watch it. But, hey, they, they have DVRs now. I could replay it. I'll buy NFL Game Pass $100 to, to rewatch that game over and over and over again. So, definitely the joy and thrill of watching a Super Bowl, even if I can't watch it live, would definitely outweigh being in every war room, even though that is a huge bucket list item. That'd be incredible. I think that he really underplayed that question. I think that if that Super Bowl was being played on a Sunday, that nothing else was going on, and he had to go through the agony of not being able to watch it, it would literally tear him to pieces. It would, but I could rewatch it. Yeah, but no, knowing they won would make it a little it. bit easier. You can't rewatch it. You can't watch it. That's Ever? The point. That's the point. So you're going to – the only Cowboys Super Bowl that you recollect in your lifetime, you can't watch it live? You're just okay with that? He didn't say that would be the only one they would win. Well – But, yeah. No. I don't want to be disrespectful, but – Yeah, well. I mean. Hey, it's only been 30 years, bro. Exactly. Our year's coming. All right. Um. Yeah, no. Definitely, definitely uh, unwatch Cowboys Super Bowl. Fair enough. All right, Danny Mac. I'm ready to receive you. Which would you rather spend 24 hours in a broke down elevator with Cam Newton? (laughs) (laughs) Or take a cross country trip with your driver is Pam Halpert. God damn it. And, she, and she's going through a divorce. In the passenger in the passage in the passenger seat is Tyron Woodley. <laughs> Behind Tyron Woodley, shut up. Behind Tyron Woodley is James Harden. You're in the middle, you're riding bitch. And on your left, behind Pam Halbert is the most positive person in the world that never shuts up and talks about how amazing the trip is and how awesome everybody is and how positive it is. What would you rather? So before I answer, I don't appreciate why you put so much effort into mine compared to these other two fucks. I don't appreciate it at all that you specifically targeted me and this, which would you? That's rather. not true at all. I I would have all three of you the same. But you were specifically <laughs> like detailed out this car ride with these fucks. All right, so let me get this straight. So twenty four hours in the elevator with Mister Capitalize fucking uh, put different font out there, Cam Newton who's now going with the Patriots for a second fucking year. And then <laughs> you said Pam Helper, not Jenna Fisher, Pam Helper, James Harden, positive person. And who's in the passenger seat? Tara Woodley. 
Oh my god. I would just figure it out with Cam Newton. I, do, I mean, I, I can't, I can't, I can't take, I cannot take. I mean, that's, that's for, it would like, it would come to a point to where in the car ride, I'd be like, okay, I can handle Pam. I can handle Woodley. He's just going to like make up a rap song and think he's funny. And then James Harden calling a bunch of strippers and the positive guy would piss me off so badly more than <laughs> everyone else that I would rather take Mr. Font Cam Newton for 24 hours in an elevator. I mean, if I pissed on him, <laughs> well, what would happen? Like I could just sue him. Right. Cause the kid might well, camp because the kid told him at the camp that he he's broke. Right. So he's, Wait. he's broke. Did you just ask if you could piss on him, you'd be able to sue him? I think yeah. he meant like if he tried to fight him. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely gonna try to fight me. <laughs> and I would just be like, uh, Chris White, KJ White, bitch. Should have won that fucking game. 2010. Yeah, I'm gonna take Cam Newton. Uh, I don't like either scenario, but I hate how much you thought out. Of this whole scenario, but I will say the positive person to the left of me in the back seat was the kicker. <laughs> so well done, well done by you. Which would you rather, folks? <laughs> great segment, we loved it. Thank you for uh, Gillette for sponsoring that, Damon. Great ad read. Thank you very much. You know, we know that you use Gillette more than anybody on the planet because you don't want your face looking like absolute dog shit. So thank you for reading that. Um. Okay. Last seven of the night trivia, and I'm gonna go for the second ad. We have a new sponsor for trivia, and that sponsor is Reebok. So you no 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 don't put push your thumbs up. You think Reebok's out on UFC? Reebok is up. J.J. Watt loves Reebok. Put your fucking sweatshirt off. Reebok is our new sponsor. They love us. They don't have many options. Let's be honest. They're look. See, Patrick Kane loves Reebok. Um, they got a lot of good products. They have a cool, like, uh, half hashtag. So, wow, wow, wow. Like, Two vertical lines, one horizontal. Reebok's a great sponsor. Um, they have great shoes. They used to have a line that was like New Orleans, Atlanta. Remember they had like the bottom of the shoes was like the city outline. That was really cool. People still wear those. Uh, Reebok's a great sponsor. Th- shout out to Reebok uh, sponsoring trivia. And that's all I got. Sean? Uh, this trivia question is under protest because I didn't know that Reebok was our sponsor. So what of it? You know, what of it? Uh, I'm Nike and Jordan through and through, and Reebok sucks. So suck it. Reebok Damn. pays for this podcast. Reebok pays Dude, for this podcast. Oh How dare We're you? Never getting another freaking sponsor ever again. Are you kidding me right now? Yeah, we are. Nike and Air Jordan are going to be like, oh, this guy, this guy fucks. The let's, second, let's bring them the on. Second, Nike and Air Jordan sponsor this podcast. I will fucking resign and I will take my cut and I will never come back on this shit. That's how I feel about Reebok. But I'm going to do the trivia question because we can't just end the podcast with say Reebok. Say thank you to Reebok. Tell them thank you. 
well this trivia question sucks so thank you reebok appreciate <laughs> you sponsoring this shitty trivia question all right so we're gonna go ncaa tournament theme because obviously so dating back to 2010 since 2010 there have been seven teams seven that have played at least twice in the national championship game one loss irrelevant they played in the national championship game since 2010 name those seven teams we're going to start off with oh i don't want to yeah we're going to start off with cg duke that is one 2015 they won 2010 they won who's next uh that will be you sir butler that is correct butler lost back to back in 2010 and 11 shout out gordon hayward damon that brings you to the front Kansas. That is incorrect. Fuck. I knew Kentucky beat them back in like 2012. That is correct, that. but you're out. You're out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that funny? Who won the last trivia? Bitches. CG, you're up. Let me just go on record right now that this is going to end awesomely. CG. Villanova? That is correct. God damn it. They won in 2018 and they uh, won in 2016. So you said twice in a national championship since Win or loss, it doesn't matter. They participated in the championship game since 2010 twice. North Carolina. That is correct. (sighs) They are one and one. They won in 2017. Villanova was my answer. And lost in 2016 to Villanova. Damon, you're still out. CG, it's your turn. I want to say Kentucky. I don't know how. I don't, I'm not going to say him because you would have known that. Kentucky. That is correct. The fucking James Young year. Kentucky uh, lost in 2014 and won in 2012. For those of you that are new to this podcast, there is a Kentucky Wildcat fan who did not guess Kentucky. He guessed Kansas, and he's out. Yeah, they were like a fucking eight seed that year. So 2014 was the year Wisconsin beat Kentucky. Is that accurate? I can't tell you that. Damon, is that accurate? No. Why is that not accurate? That was catch year, and they lost in the Elite Eight. Are you talking about the Frank Kaminsky year? Yeah. Yeah, that was catch year, and they lost in the Elite Eight. So, but that team went on to go to the finals and lose. No, you laughed at me for getting out. I'm not telling you anything else. (laughs) You're mean to me. I'm trying to get you help. CG pulled that from his fucking taint hole, and I got to fucking come up with a new one because he stole my shit. There are He's two stalling. left. He's stalling. Two left. Of course I'm stalling. Everyone in the fucking universe knows I'm stalling. George Mason. 2010 to 2021. Obviously doesn't include this year, but yeah, sure. This is going to pay me. I hate everything about this. I am going to say Michigan. That is correct. 
Oh, suck it. Suck it, you fucking green glasses fuck. They have two losses, 2018 to Villanova and 2013 to Louisville. Who's on a 2013 team, Dan? Trey Burke. Shout out Dallas Mavs. Who else? Gun Robinson the third. So I will not got, say it. Fuck you. <laughs> we got three and three. Uh, Damon got zero, even though he's a Kentucky fan. Um, so there's one team left. If CG does not get it and McKee does, then he wins. If neither one of them get it, I can steal for the win. It's a tie. Vegas wins. Sean wins. Nike wins. Louisville was a nice one. You just fucking dropped. Since you're tied at three, I can give you a a little bit of a hint. No, no, Well, no, 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 because you're going first. Never mind. Never mind. Nobody hint. Yeah, it's not fair. My bad. Michigan State. Incorrect. They have not appeared in any championship game since before 2010. <laughs> All right. For the Does that win. mean I have to get it right? No. I mean, if you don't, I win. So So you said there's two teams left? No, nope, one. Just one. Just one team. You got the when there was two. It was Michigan. Okay. University of Connecticut. We have a winner. They have won oh, twice. The Ryan Boatwright. 2014 Bo and 2011. I just come up short fucking time. This is why I'm the host of trivia. That's that's a winner. Daniel wins four to three. Damon had zero. Shout out, Damon. I just wanted somebody else to have a turn. Fair. He did win the last one. And I didn't even know the rules of the last one. I still won. Dumbasses. <laughs> you miss Kentucky, bro. You can't talk. You got to sit out at least two that trivia questions. You got to come up with the next You don't have questions. a college basketball team. You, you shut So, up. did you say Kansas? He does. It's Mississippi State Bulldogs. Did you say Kansas Bitch. because of the Mario Chalmers year? Yes. Let's go with that. But no. <laughs> No, because the year Ant and Michael K. Gilchrist won, they beat. Why Kansas didn't you say Kentucky? Because you knew that they beat Kansas. Like, why wouldn't you? Because I would have. I would have thought I, the other one would have stood out. And then as soon as you were like, the ending of this is going to be hilarious. I was like, Kentucky didn't make. It. And then I remembered freaking James the Gun Young had one of the most incredible. You thought Kimba's run? Shout out Bill Simmons. I was just about to say that. Yeah, Shout you thought you thought Kimba's run throughout the NCAA tournament was impressive. James Young was dominant. Here's a question. What is James Young doing right fucking now? What is he doing? What's lower than the G League? Brittany Renner. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. You can- Cut it, cut that. Oh my god. Do not fucking cut that. Do not cut that. You you have to. I can't believe you went there, David. Oh my god. He's not even on that level, bro. Not even close. How dare you? The first on air fuck up. It's great. I think that's a perfect ending. Thank you yeah. for subscribing to Undrafted Sports <laughs> Podcast. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on Apple. Uh, we're going to be on YouTube if I can get my fucking shit together. 
Google Play is common. Google Podcasts, uh, Pandora, we're all there at Undrafted Pod at D A underscore N McKee 09 at SMU 26 at D Bailey 22 at C underscore G 2412. Coming back at you next week. We out. Bye. Bye.